On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Jay-Z Clark and we look at Port Adelaide's 10-game winning streak and are they the real deal in 2023? Where does the loss leave the Western Bulldogs? And we preview the big King's Birthday Eve clash between the Blues and the Bombers and, of course, Melbourne Collingwood. That's all to come next on Footy Talk. Are you listening to Footy Talk on this Saturday, June 10? I'm joined every Saturday by Jay-Z Clark. Jay-Z, a couple of games already that have been played. Sydney, St Kilda, it was a great win yep. to the Saints on Thursday night. And last night it was Port Adelaide with a 22-point win over the Western Bulldogs. We will look at those games, all the big talking points to come out of them, and we will preview the rest of the footy action. But welcome to you on this Saturday. Yes, hello, Joey. They tick every box, Port Adelaide, don't they? You look forward, Charlie. Dixon had some massive nights. You look in the back half, I thought, um, some of the stuff from McKenzie. That's probably their weakness, but they were very strong down there. And then the midfield you see with Rosie, Butters, Jason Horn, Francis. We might have seen the play of the year last year, Joey. Last Did we... night. Last night, sorry. Did you see... Well, you would have seen Butters absolutely slice open the Bulldogs from that half-back line on that run. couple of bounces went for went forward. And then Jason Horn, Francis, geez, having the booze disappeared or dissipated on that sort of big bending U-turn run, straightens up and kicks. It went absolutely bananas. They're hot to trot Port Adelaide and going to be very hard to beat in the final at home. Yeah, they were red hot again, 10 in a row. I thought it was a high-quality game. I thought the Western Bulldogs played some really good footy. They took it up to Port, but... In the end, Port Adelaide are just a better team, and yep. that's probably what came out of it. For me, the Western Bulldogs, Where trying to put a finger on them, Jay, because they are a hard Talk team to me. catch. They're inconsistent. They they at times look like a premiership fancy. Then they look like a bottom four team. Yep. We've seen it a number of times this year. That's three losses in a row. I think for me, the big issue and mm. why they are inconsistent is they are so heavily reliant on their top eight players, mm. more so than any other team in the competition. The gap between their best eight and their bottom eight oh. is the most significant and I think too often they have to carry some inconsistent players at the bottom end of their um, their 22 that yep. just don't contribute enough week to week. Mm-hmm. And it's not always the same players. Clearly it's not. It's always different players. But mm. they rely on that the Bontempalli and Liberatore and Trelaw was good last night. Yep. Some English has been great, even though he probably had his colours lowered a little bit. But it's the same guys. And unfortunately, they can't do it every week. They try their hardest. They need more contributors, yeah. the, the the Western Bulldogs footy club. I think it's a great point, Joey. And for me, I'm going to name a couple of names here because, oh, you know, I love, like, you don't want to pot young players, but I just wonder whether young James O'Donnell last night, there were a couple of big turnovers in his own back half. Port Adelaide's forward half gifted it to the opposition. I thought, I'm oh, just not sure he's at the level yet. I know you've got to show faith in these kids. Um, Josh Bruce, I felt like it was outmarked there a couple of times by uh, Charlie Dixon, who really had his way with him at, at uh, times. And then Oscar Baker, I know. He came on as a sub, but then shows speed, but then probably turns it over by foot at times. So they're the ones, the names who jump in my head when I listen to you um, say that. And he, he has shown over the journey, Luke Beveridge, there are some curious selection moves. And I think, yeah, they're missing Sam Darcy. He's had, obviously, the, ling ish, the lung issues. Yeah, Rory Lobb, where is he fitting in the moment? So I think there is a few headaches. And I look at the next their next month. North Melbourne next week, Joe. But after that, I think Sydney, Collingwood, Essendon. So it's a tough run for the Bulldogs. And, I mean, over the next four weeks, they're going to have to split that 2-2. Otherwise, they really do drop out the eight and are at risk of losing touch with the eight. Yeah, that's right. They've gone from being a top four contender, a genuine top four contender you know, a month ago, to now just trying to be in a battle with mm. all these teams for uh, the couple of spots that will be left in the eight. So 
They've got some work to do. Zach Butters, again, was probably BOG, along with Liberatore, for another three Brownlow votes. Jay, that would take him up to about 17 or 18 Brownlow votes, mm-hmm. I calculate, at round 13. So he's one of the favourites. I think him, Dacos and Petrarca are starting to kick clear mm-hmm. from the competition from a Brownlow perspective. And as you said, the forward line with Charlie Dixon kicking four goals look good, and they are just flying Port Adelaide. A couple of contentious free kicks in that game, as there was in the Thursday night game. I think that's been around so far. Some soft free kick and 50-meter mm-hmm. penalties. There was one against Oscar Baker on the goal line really late. That happens Crucial. all the time. You, yep. I think you are allowed to block as the ball goes through the goal, but they reversed that decision. That was at a crucial moment. I didn't some, like that. And some uh, some 50-meter penalties as well. But what a can't allow the stories to come out yep. of the game. Some MRO. Yeah, big one. Marcus Bontempelli. Uh, there was the collision he ran into rather than bumped um, young Dan Houston. Uh, I think he'll be clear to this. And I know the head-high contact is an absolute massive talking point at the moment in the AFL, but he sort of more, I don't know, just sort of ran into him more so front on rather than the bump. And the contact was made more so with Houston's shoulder area, maybe some glancing minor negligible contact to the face. But I think Bontempelli will get off, which is great because we want to see the superstars uh, do their best. So I'm expecting uh, him to to get off and, um, and should be right. But the game is in a real... It's tied itself up in knots. Let's go to Thursday night because St Kilda had a gutsy win against Sydney. That was huge in the context of the season for St Kilda to stay now two games and percentage clear of the teams outside the top eight. Sydney, it looks like it's almost going to be too hard now to play finals. You can almost uh, put a a line through them. Did you feel for Buddy? Do I feel for Buddy? Did, did you feel for it? Like I sort of, I sort of felt. I know St Kilda, great win, all that. Yeah. But it, you know, it was his three fifty. If he kicked the goal to put him out right fourth, I just sort of, he just. Nah, I mean, nah. you know, fairy tales don't exist in footy, Jay Z. Not enough, anyway. I mean, three fifty, and his time will come. I've got him in the top handful of players of all time, so that's how high I rate him. But the Saints got the win. But the big talking point to come out of it yep. is the tackle. From Dan Butler on Nick Blakey, a brilliant rundown tackle from behind. It was holding the ball. It was overturned, paid as a a dangerous tackle because Nick Blakey's head hit the ground. He's now been given a one-week suspension. Where does this leave the game in regards to what you do? Because there was nothing dangerous from my perspective. It was nothing careless. There was nothing reckless. There was no drive, dump, or sling in this tackle. It was simply momentum in a rundown tackle on a footy field that's unfortunately led to a uh, head hitting the ground. He's yep. been proven to have no HIA, HIA case to answer. No concussion. No concussion. Yep. But he's still got given a week. What's yeah. your take? So this is interesting, isn't it? It's the whole struggle the game is having with it itself at the moment where players were wanting to protect them from their heads, but accidents do happen on the football field. And we have seen a thousand of those chase down tackles happen and lauded every time. Not, you know, you don't even think about a suspension, but now with the head contact and the direction the game is going, he's out for one as the uh, precedent has been set. So it's going to be an absolutely fascinating case. And we'll, there's going to be, it's going to be a real um, crossroad for the game, I think, because if the tribunal lets him off, then the MRO and the AFL has got to take a lead from that. And then are we more accepting of the fact that these accidents you know, can happen, this head contact, with the grand can happen. Unfortunately, the question I ask you, Joey, right, and and from a legal perspective, Butler's glimmer of hope, the door that might be slightly ajar for him, is that at the very last moment he releases his grip on Blakey, and that's where Blakey gets his hands out, softens a blow, doesn't get concussion. Two weeks ago, Rory Laird was cleared for exactly the same reason, and the tribunal chairperson Jeff Gleeson said, if you decelerate or release then that is you showing a duty of care. So that is the uh, route you'd think the St Kilda side would go down. But 
the really difficult question for me, and I wonder whether the AFL is having this conversation behind the scenes at the moment, does the person being tackled, the tacklee, do they have any responsibility to be somewhat braced for contact in play? Because Blakey was so unexpected, he just toppled over under the momentum. You know, so should should that person be more stiff, more braced, more well, prepared in a 360 game. This is where the, the, these rules, as we continue to evolve and they become more fluid, we've still got to continue to find our line. And at the moment, it's all the onus is on the tackler at the moment, yep. which is maybe a bit unfair. At what point do we get to uh, to say, Jay-Z, maybe the guy with the ball, you can let go of the football to put your arm out and it will be holding the ball against you, but you have that right as mm. well. And you get penalised for holding the ball. Yes. So why does the player hold onto the footy but allow his head to hit the ground. I mean, because you're meant to keep it in. You're meant to keep it in, but you also you're allowed to tackle the player too. So I just think it's going to be continue to be fluid. I think this will be another test case in regards to where is the line that sometimes momentum will mean that uh, that that you know there will be a bit more force in a tackle yep. that is not the fault of the tackler. It's just momentum. It's physics, um, and we'll see where we go with that. I, but, I, I reckon put this in the time capsule. I think the tribunal will find a way to get him off. Okay, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on that one. That might be your back page headline yes. on Monday. We will get to that after the break, and we also want to look at a couple of big games, particularly Sunday night. King's Birthday Eve and the King's Birthday Clash between Melbourne and Collingwood. That's all to come straight after this on Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or on TikTok. Jay-Z, a couple of big games. We'll get to the ones on Sunday night and Monday, the big four Melbourne clubs. Mm. Carlton, Essendon, Sunday night. Yes. What's your take? Well, this week at Icon Park would have been all about, as Michael Voss said in his press conference last week, take the risk. We are not taking the risk. We're not playing with uh, that aggression um, through the middle of the ground. They're going too safe, too lateral. We've said it. Six weeks in a row. Michael Voss admitted that in the press conference. So what happens if they don't do it, Joey? Where is the disconnect in this Carlton football team? I think in the first quarter against Essendon, we are going to see absolute electricity from this Carlton team because that is what Michael Voss wants them to play. Take it on. Take the game on. Run from halfback. Use Adam Saad. And if they go slow and sideways again, they will be booed by their own fan base, I think. It will be. This is going to be a fascinating uh, watch in Essendon with a bit of confidence. Zach Merritt playing extraordinary footy. Peter Wright back. Jake Stringer doing the defensive work. Well, the Bombers test them. Well, there's more consistency and trust in the way Essendon Mm. play now. So whether it's uh, going to be good enough to beat Carlton, we will see. But... I think now, Jay-Z, a lot of talk about Carlton's ball movement and system and those things. It's now psychology. It's now how yep. Michael Voss can get into the players' heads to get them to play with freedom mm. and the weight of the world off their shoulders. And that will allow them to take more risks by foot, to pull the trigger rather than just hesitate for half a second. So that's going to be the, the big question about Michael Voss's coaching ability from a psychology mm. point of view as much as it is a structure and, and their game plan and system and all those things. So that's what everyone will be watching. That That's going to be the fascination. Do you think he's on the hook, the senior coach? No, I don't. I think they have to. They've got no choice but to commit to him for another 18 months at least, mm-hmm. this year and next year, and see if they can actually rebuild the, the, the club and just the fabric of that footy club to be a finals like They can't just keep ripping the Band-Aid off and sacking a coach every two or three years mm. and thinking that's going to work. It's mm. got to be deeper than that, yeah. and Michael Voss has got to find the right way. They've They've – 
employed him. They picked him. Yeah. They have to see it through. I just wonder on the wings, right, whether Essendon fans listening to this, where they've got an advantage on the wings because we know Durham and Martin are big workers. They are big runners on the outside. So I think there could be on the transition. That's the question mark over Carlton. Yes, they can win the contested ball, the inside bulls, but it's on that transition game, the Ridley connecting with the wingman and some of these sort of worker bees for the Bombers really getting to work on the outside come third quarter, fourth quarter. We'll see who's still running. I think that could be pivotal. Yeah, Bombers, for me, they're becoming a bit more blue collar than they've been known, aren't they? When you think about the likes of Durham and Caldwell and yeah. Perkins and... Caldwell's at a good year. They're, they're, some of them, you know, even Ridley, and they're, they're just sort of, um, you know, a bit more blue collar than yep. you're used to with Essendon, a bit of the flashy offensive team. That Brad all get, Scott. That's Brad Scott. And I like it. I think they're playing a much more consistent brand. Look, they deserve to be going in favourites and they should be confident, but for no real reason, Jay-Z, I'm yep. tipping Carlton. Yep. I've said it's my roulette theory. It just keeps coming up black, 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 black. <laughs> Eventually, it's got to turn red. And yeah. There's no science behind it. So, um, there's no stats to back it up. But I think Carlton eventually are going to win a game, and yeah. it might be tomorrow night. So if you can be my media conscience, conscious here for a second, if they go down the blues on Sunday night, are we parking the media bus at Icon Park on nah, Monday? No, nah, no. Nah, or is it just the team that they they're, are? They're not going to play finals probably anyway. So right. if they lose this one, it's still the same situation as it was last week and the week before. They have to figure it's out. It's not a tipping point. It's not tipping point. They just have to figure out how to get their their system, their club, their values, List. everything about them mm. back on track use the back half of the year as a launching pad for next year. And, of course, they've got to tinker with their list and make change. So does every club. But, no, they shouldn't. No one should be over-panicking. They're not going to play finals. It's about next year and what they want it to look like. Uh, but that is going to be my back page headline. Blues, yes. finally, oh. will be the story on Monday. They yep. get the win. Michael Voss gets the media off his back for mm-hmm. a little bit, and they get the job done. What about you? Monday, Melbourne, Collingwood. Oh, I am fascinated by this game because Dugowie out and Oliver game, uh, Oliver out as well. How do you miss a game with a blister issue? Well, this is a bloke that's hardly missed any footy. This is a guy I think that played at one stage needing two shoulder reconstructions <laughs> and he just kept playing. And now yes. he's out with a blister. Yes. Come on, Clayton. It's extraordinary. He did have, um, a media interview, um, a doorstop with his shirt off. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and he's looked a bit messy and frazzled. He's a, he's a footballer, Jay. It's fair to say he's a footballer. Oh, and he's an outstanding one at that. But so how do we how do we um, see this playing out? I was speaking to Michael Hibbard for a story in the Herald Sun on Monday, and um, he said this game is like Anzac Day. You know, he's play, played in Anzac Day Eve, Anzac Day. He said the special feeling, Neil Danaher was there speaking throughout the week. He's been through a lot, Michael Hibbard, with the Sada stuff. He lost his brother, unfortunately. He heard Neil Danaher speak about perspective. He said you got absolutely absolute spine tingling goosebumps walking out of there. He said, so, you know, it's a big stage for Melbourne who have probably been playing under their best for a little bit. It would be a huge statement if they can beat Collingwood, who are probably the number one side in the competition at the moment. If they can knock off that huge focus on Brody Grundy, obviously he'd love to have a big game. And if he can win it over um, Darcy Cameron, that would give him a lot of personal satisfaction. So a lot in this, it's going to be a big crowd, the big freeze at the, uh, the G, of course. Absolutely can't wait for it, Joe. Who are you tipping? I'm tipping Melbourne. And you know, I've got all the, the numbers and I've done some research because we're doing the game for Fox, the hosting. Yep. and. Melbourne's defensive profile at the moment is as good as it was in 2021. They are mm. the best team in the, in the competition, the turnover game. They are defending like as well as – or they're better than any team in the competition. I think they win it off the back of their defense. If they're going to win a premiership this year, it's off the back of their contest and defense. They will find a way to score. They are still the number one scoring team in the comp are despite they? their struggles. No one think, understands that. Everyone thinks that they're struggling offensively. They are still got – sorry, number two for points four now. 
in the competition. So they will, I think, prove to the competition that they are back. I think, like you, a lot of people thinking, oh, they're just only going. Mm. If they beat Collingwood on Monday, mm. it'll be back on. Premiership favourites with Collingwood, equal flag favourites, and away they go. Braden Maynard's one of my favourite players in the competition. In fact, I think he's number two behind Toby Green. Love watching him. Kai Sorry, Pendles. Gazaya Pick. Wow, well, we know where he's. <laughs> Gazaya Pickett is number three. So we got Maynard versus Pickett. How do you see this? Ooh. How do you see this battle going? Oh, this will be absolute blockbuster matchup. It will be. It will be. They'll both have their moments. Can't wait for it. Who are you tipping? I have tipped Melbourne. Melbourne. And what's going to be the back page headline either Monday or Tuesday? Yeah. What do you think uh, it will I don't be? Mean, I don't mean to be a negative uh, Nancy, but, but I will. think yeah, I will be a little bit. <laughs> well, I think Scott Free, I think Dan Butler gets off on Tuesday. I think it's a... Um, I think it's a huge crossroad for the game around the, the, the dangerous uh, tackle issues. We had Matthew Lloyd saying that um, Butler must be clear. Jason Dunstall having conniptions on Friday night footy for Triple M. So I think the, the game wants and potentially doesn't need Dan Butler to get off. I think that'll be a massive one for the league, Joey. Right. Well, it's going to be a big weekend of footy. Make sure you tune in again to Footy Talk tomorrow because we'll go around the grounds from Adelaide and Perth and analyse all the action from Saturday's games. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Listener.